0: Welcome one and all to episode 29 of the Scum and Villainy podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast where we break down the latest and greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat, Noah George. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? My my voice is a little bit hoarse this it week. Is? I don't know if you can tell. I uh, can't tell. You sound perfect. Oh, really? Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, what happened? Were you at a concert? Were you, sc- no, were you no. screaming your little head off?
1: I had a, I had a very fun weekend last weekend uh, with know a lot of friends over jake came back into town my friend jake and we boy jake were hanging out and then after that i was like man my throat is so sore from like talking and laughing and blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and then i've just had a, a sore throat all week i think it might have been a little bit of strep um but oh that's
0: not good we're fine here. We're all we're fine. How how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I recommend some tea recently because I um had a, a cold recently and I um I don't know if you guys can hear it. My cat is losing its mind right now. <laughs> it's like <laughs> running all around my apartment. Um anyway. Uh, recently had a cold. This was like a month or two ago and I started drinking tea. Um, and I'm literally drinking tea as we speak, even though I'm not sick. So I am now hooked on like hot tea. Maybe, so maybe, I'll, if,
1: maybe I'll brew myself some, I do. I'm a big fan of, uh, English breakfast tea. So
0: yeah, do that or some, some throat coat stuff. You'll feel mm-hmm. like a, you'll feel like a new man, feel like well, a new man.
1: A better podcast co host would have
0: thought of that before <laughs> recording, but here we are. It's too late now. We're diving into this thing, and boy, howdy, do we have a lot to dive into today. Uh, we're going to be discussing a first look at Star Wars Eclipse, uh, as well as casting for the Acolyte, and a first gameplay trailer for Star Wars Hunters. And we're going to be ending the episode with an in-depth discussion on Star Wars: The Clone Wars. As we are continuing our Boba Festival, did we decide on that name? Is that the it's the it's confirmed catching on name? Me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do think that
0: it is. Uh, it's definitely gotten its grip. Yeah, tis the season for the uh, Boba Festival, but. We are uh, diving full steam ahead. Um, As I said, we have a lot to discuss today, including Noah. Yesterday, we got our first look at the gameplay, or not the gameplay, but a cinematic trailer uh, for Star Wars Eclipse, which is the uh, first ever collaboration between Quantum Dream and Lucasfilm Games. Uh, That studio is, of course, uh, behind the games of uh, very critically acclaimed video games like uh, Heavy uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human. Uh, They debuted their first peek at this game yesterday, as I said, at the Game Awards. Got a lot of interesting shots, interesting vistas in this thing. A little bit of details on the era. Um, We know that it's set during the High Republic, which is two years before the events of The Phantom Menace. Uh, we got some familiar-looking designs as well as some new ones. Uh, but before we dive into that, um, you and I had talked before the show about addressing this because we both think it's uh, an important issue to discuss. And it was—I'm not a big—I'm not really plugged into the video game, you know. Um, industry and news and what's what the happenings are and all of that i haven't played a single one of these games that you know neither have i actually this uh this studio um is behind uh but after it was uh this uh trailer was announced a lot of people came forward and were like hey Let's not forget uh, this organization and this development studio, Quantum Dream, has had a lot of uh, controversy behind it. In particular, uh, the founder of the uh, game development studio, David Cage, uh, and some past comments that he's made uh, that I'm not going to echo here and I'm not going to repeat here. Uh, If you wish to, you are more than welcome to Google some of those. I will say that they can be uh, pretty triggering. Um, So, you know. Uh, viewer discretion advised Um, but yeah I think it's important to talk about here um, and um, I'll let you kind of kick it off and then we can have a a little bit more of an in-depth discussion on the trailer later but I kind of wanted to preface all this with uh, addressing this because I don't think it's something that we uh, really can ignore here you know
1: obviously that I think that's one of the biggest things is um, this is something that you absolutely cannot ignore Um, and you know as we were talking about this before we're kind of thinking you know How do we how do we balance the way that the way that one person portrays an entire thing? Um, Yeah, because especially I think the the reactions, at least for me initially, and then, you know, kind of looking um, on Twitter and hearing things from other people that I was talking to. um, And then in in conjunction with with Star Wars Hunters, um, Mm -hmm. actually, somebody. I, I saw a tweet in response to that. Oh no! Does Star Wars Hunters also have controversy? No. Well, so <laughs> oh no! no. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Nothing's come Not to light. Star like.
0: Wars Hunters. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I thought it was interesting looking at kind of the 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 reactions on social media to Star Wars Hunters, where somebody made a comment. You know, it was you know one of the top replies on Twitter to their announcement that was like. Disney needs to stop making beep, beep, beep games. And uh, ever since Disney took over, we haven't got a single good Star Wars video game, blah, blah, blah. And that's then, you know, that's not true. In conjunction yeah. <laughs> with, in conjunction with, you know, looking at the first reactions to this, where everybody is like, yes, let's, let's go. This looks awesome. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to the point where um, this is something that on the outside looks like it could, <clears throat> excuse me, to take a drink of water. <laughs>
0: Well Set well there's that there it is. There's the hoarseness you were talking about.
1: I told you I need some tea. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So as I was saying, um, yeah, I, I think that like seeing how people are reacting to how amazing this game looks, because it does it, it's impressive. Um and then jumping right into, hey, let's not forget this. Um mm-hmm. unfortunately there is a mixed bag of how people are taking I think these these things that are coming back to light, where some people are like, "Finally, an awesome Star Wars game. I don't care about anything else. Um, yeah. Just give me more of this." And other mm-hmm. people are like, "Hey, you know what about what about this?" And unfortunately, there's a, a third group of people uh, that are that are like, "You guys need to stop being such babies and take this for what it is." Because blah blah blah, you guys are you guys are being uh, ungrateful and blah blah blah, which is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah. um that you know the same the same kind of people that are like oh we haven't got a good star wars game since disney took over and disney is a bunch of whatever sure. um and then saying hey you guys need to be grateful for this uh even though you know we have had these <laughs> these yeah. problems with uh-huh. this person particularly so where is the balance that's the first thing I thought of when when we were talking about this was asking you you know is there a tipping point where we say well there are going to be people i think that are going to hold really strong to their values and beliefs as they should not that others won't in supporting this game financially but you know yeah. i i could see things like this thing games like you know like this game or other things from the studio being somewhat boycotted um yeah. for the things that are being said because again viewer discretion advised that you know that is a good sentiment here I cannot stress enough; these are comments that do not just you know you don't really throw these things around, and especially yeah. hearing from uh, the the uh, the co CEO of Quantic Dream uh, saying like or no 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 it was it was actually David Cage himself who's saying you know these allegations and whatever are ridiculous absurd grotesque whatever it's absolutely false that they are this company and that people have brought up these allegations and then it's like oh no they they are really Mm -hmm. truly horrible things you know so what's the tipping point where you say like well it would be too strong of something to completely boycott this game that i am excited for because it's a star wars property and i want Mm -hmm. to support lucasfilm but then on the other hand of that i mean what's your take on that
0: well you know the the report that we had looked at, because I had, you know, as I said earlier, I don't think you and I are super, super plugged into video game news. And so when I hear Quantic Dream, I'm, I'd, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like none of the games right. that they've, I've, I've heard of Heavy Rain, I've seen trailers for it and Detroit Becoming Human. I know that that's pretty popular, but I've never played it myself. And so when I heard about this, I wasn't like, Oh, I've uh, that's a bad company. So it's like it's it's something that other people kind of had to tell me about. And I'm glad that there are people who do care about this who are, you know, willing to go on Twitter and be like, "Hey guys, let's not forget this because you're right. They are opening themselves up to a lot of people who are like, "Oh, shut up. This game looks cool." You know, which we're going to talk about the game. It does look cool. Um I'm I'm Excited about the ideas and the the setting and a lot of the things that this game has to offer But you have to keep in mind that this game didn't just appear out of the ether. It didn't just manifest itself People worked on this and if they're working in an environment that is toxic and damaging uh, and potentially traumatic that is a problem and I you know I uh, I would really like to read more about this and learn more about this the report that we were looking at was published in April so this is like a pretty recent news that a lot of this stuff is happening and I really don't know what steps have been taken to improve it I know that this lawsuit concluded in the company's favor So a lot of these people that had the bravery to come forward probably didn't get much justice out of it. If anything, they're probably punished even further behind the scenes or demoted or kept out of certain meetings or whatever. I would be curious to dig into this a little bit more because it's going to color the way that I perceive this game. Um, You know, uh, before reading this, I had, you know, I'll be honest in hearing these comments from David Cage, which are which are absolutely horrible and despicable. I was kind of of the mind where it's like, okay, this one dickhead guy who works at this organization, who is the founder of this company, you know, do I want him to tarnish the, the, you know, the potential of this game that a lot of dedicated people put a lot of time and effort and energy um, into this game. Do I really want to let him kind of spend soil that, you know? Yeah. But kind of hearing about this, it, you know, it doesn't seem like it's just him. It seems like there's maybe a lot of other people that might work under him. And you know, when you have an employer like this, who is perpetuating this type of behavior in this type of environment, it might trickle down a little bit to where you have some other people who are in positions of power, maybe not the founder of the company, (laughs) uh, but a supervisor of sorts that are doing, or, you know, also perpetuating this kind of thing. It's a cyclical thing that happens and. You know, I want to read more about it and see what shakes up about this. But, you know, if let's say the game's amazing, let's say it wins game of the year. You know, let's say it's incredible and it's a huge hit and sells, you know, like tons and tons of copies. And it's as big as a hit as if not bigger than Jedi Fallen Order was. Let's say that's the case. Then what? You know, then this game gets a seat, this company gets a sequel and they continue to flourish. Do you really think that this... This, you know, this founder of this studio is going to be fired if he just keeps pumping out games that are these home runs, you know, I think it's uh, an important conversation to be had. Are you and I going to be able to iron this out in this podcast? No, Um, but I think it's an important thing to talk about here, um, and I think it's definitely an important thing to consider because it's it's not just, oh, this game looks cool and there's lightsabers. This is people's lives, you know, Uh, and and it's it's horrible.
1: That is one of the things, especially too, is that it is hard to know that the, these like these things that we're saying, you know, about how how absolutely despicable a person can be who is fully in charge of a company, they're not just conjecture. You know, mm-hmm. um, these are these are real things that have happened, and they are, you know, they, and yeah. and again, like well, you said,
0: I, I, I mean, I. I... I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are going to come forward and we're like, you know, whatever the 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 uh, result of this trial was, it seems like the court case, like, you know, the you know, the the organization was acquitted of sorts, you know, like they weren't found, quote unquote, guilty or whatever. You're going to have people that were like, it was settled in court. It's not, you know, like innocent until proven guilty. You're going to have those morons who come forward where how are you going to take somebody to court? For them making an inappropriate comment or saying well, things yeah. that are inappropriate, and a lot of these things that they did say were on record. So imagine what they're doing with behind closed doors, you right. know, and imagine the things that they're saying where people aren't, you know, taking notes. Like it's, it doesn't take a, a, a deep imagination to imagine what things are going on behind closed doors.
1: Yeah. So you're talking about you know, more of the recent stuff because I was I was looking into it a little bit as well. Um, Wikipedia has a lot of information about something from back in 2018 where they did lose a court case, um, of, you know, of an employee that, uh, that had, had their photo, you know, Photoshopped onto something that was, uh, pretty unsavory, uh, and left because of that. Uh, -hmm. and, uh, the, and the company had to pay like a lot of fees in damages. So, you know, they, they have been. You know kind of slapped on the wrist for some things um but even even the things that that happened recently where there's not enough to there's not enough as evidence to uh to really get them you know kind of i guess have their their punishment so you know whatever you want to call it sure. i don't know what it would be i don't know how how paris court works but yeah
0: um or for that I'm matter reading how, about the thing that you're talking about with the photoshop it's absolutely horrible. Also,
1: also a despicable thing. Um, yeah. for, for context to, for people that don't want to, yeah. uh, to read things, an employee had their face Photoshopped onto, um, I think, I think the one thing that I had read was, uh, it had something to do with Nazis. Let's just say yeah. that it had something yeah. to do with Nazis. Uh, yeah. and it was being, and there, that photo was being circulated around the office. This yeah. is not just the CEO picked out one employee and was like, Ha ha, I'm going to make fun of you in a really insensitive way.
0: It was being circulated around the office. Yeah. Uh, And the, the, um, the, (laughs) I'm not to cut you off here, but like, I'm reading about like the court case and they were found guilty because of like, they use likeness of employees. Like it's not, oh, you're doing this horrible shit. It's like this (laughs) legal, like, you know, technicality that you're not allowed to use the likeness of employees without their consent. It's, they could, you know, they could have put them on luigi or you know for all for the you know but the fact that they're putting them on this this horrible yeah um I'll, i'll say this much if yeah
1: if i went into work and you know found in the garbage can somebody had photoshopped my face onto luigi uh i would still be pissed and frankly uh, there's gotta be there's gotta be ways that you know the court. So I, can't, case I can't even
0: imagine you know what they're <laughs> what they're feeling here. No, Come true. on, <laughs> it's
1: true. But uh, I, I, it's weird knowing that like ha- having these things where the court literally, or I guess the the prosecutor has to say, well, how can I even attack this huge company? We have yeah. to go through a legal loophole to say, okay we can't yeah. we can't get them in trouble based on the fact that they put my face on a nazi or a porn star. We sure. have to get them in trouble because they broke this tiny little rule in my contract yeah. and yeah. whatever,
0: you know. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's something to really look into and to take very seriously. And I'm seeing I'm I'm looking on Twitter at some of these threads and there are people on there who are literally saying like and I quote uh, shut the fuck up. We don't give a shit about this. It's a new Star Wars game, which looks awesome. Just enjoy it instead of crying, as always. It's like stuff like that. That's just like. That,
1: that is exactly the tweet that I saw. I was going to send yeah. it to you.
0: Yeah. It's um, just like, dude, again, these games don't just appear. They don't, it's not like they just woke up and it's on their doorstep and it just like came out of the atmosphere. It's people put a lot of time and energy and effort into this game. People who are probably in love with video games that are in this industry because they want to do something that's important to them. And so they're work- working for a critically acclaimed company like this. And they're, tr- you know, you come forward and say something to who the boss right. of the company, yeah. you know? Yeah. HR. But even with things like that, they're going to be ramifications and they're going to know about it. It's just like, there's so many problems with not just like this organization, but organizations all around the country, not even just including video games where, people don't have safe avenues to come forward and even if they do come forward a lot of this justice that they find is not going to be adequate and there probably going to be a lot more negative ramifications for them than for the other person and yeah. the fact that they made a pretty neato looking Star Wars game i personally at this moment don't know if it's necessarily um you know overriding my excitement or my need for this game but um you know i'm i've, I've of course want to read a lot more about this i'm definitely curious about this because if i'm going to be putting my money forward and supporting this game inadvertently um or you know actively supporting this game then i want to be sure what i'm putting my money towards not just in regards to the content of the game but the you know the people who are behind making it not just the the animators but you know the people who are pushing the checks i think it's it's terribly important if you don't think so then I um, don't really care and I don't want to hear your opinion. Cause I, think that
1: the, I, I think that that's probably, this is the last thing I'll say is yeah. for people that are of the mindset, you know, of that, that one reply that, you know, somebody was bold enough to actually feel that way, uh, yeah. to say, you know, stop crying about it as always, blah, 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 just sure. shut up about it. Um, yeah. I have a feeling that people that are of that opinion are not thinking that they are talking to the people that are actually actively being affected by, you know, people, like you said, just one hit, one dickhead person or one, you know, or, or if it's, you know, a massive corporation that is toxic throughout. Um, yeah. these, these people that are of the opinion of just shut up about it, they're saying that Because they think that other people are complaining, even though they're on the outside of it. And it, you know, is offending them. And they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're just being sensitive.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could, you could, you can flip it and just say, okay, well, you do the exact same thing. We're going to talk about another story later on where a non-binary actor was cast as the lead in the show. And they're going to be doing the exact same thing just on the other side of the spectrum. Where they're boycotting this thing because of what they deem to be their morals and values. Right. So, I that, would so say so yeah that yeah, that's kind of it's it, you know they claim to say one thing and then they turn around and do the exact opposite of it so
1: <laughs> I think yeah that's kind of my my summary thoughts is just the people the people that feel that way are truly expressing um how little they are thinking of let's just say fellow human beings right yeah, because yeah. if you're going to if you're going to say oh stop being so offended and what you're really who you're really talking to is the people that you think are on the outside of it and are being offended for somebody else like no there are tons of people involved in this and and the influence there it's going to make a lot of people feel a lot of different ways um especially the fact that that you know these these games are worked on by people that have to do this for a living and to to think that they have to spend their working hours in a toxic environment and then be told you know
0: oh if you're upset about it shut up yeah. Yeah, and that's also my favorite Star Wars theme is you know, don't care about others until it affects you. Um, and as long as you get what you want, then that's all that matters. That's my favorite theme in Star Wars. That's my Absolutely. favorite. Yoda, that's my favorite Yoda quote. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of odd to transition into talking about this game because I do think the game looks fantastic. Um, I'm excited about the prospect of this game and, you know, we don't really have, the game is still an early development. Maybe some things will shake out between now and then, but in the meantime, you know, let's actually talk about this game and uh, talk about what the, uh, the, uh, you know, trailer here presents, um, because I do think a lot of people are excited about this despite some of the, um, problems behind Quantic Dream. So let's uh, go ahead and dive into this. Um, I've got a report here from StarWars.com that kind of sets the stage for this game. Uh, And they say it is set during the High Republic era. Star Wars Eclipse is an intricately branching action adventure game that can be experienced in many ways and puts the destinies of multiple playable characters in your hands created in collaboration between Quantic Dream and Lucasfilm Games. You can weave a tapestry of interlaced destinies, see the galaxy through an eyes of an ensemble cast of multiple charismatic playable characters, each with their own personality, motivations and impact upon each other and the story at large. In this, you can compose an original Star Wars story with all new characters and environments. You have the power to make choices with consequence thanks to many outcomes in this deeply branching narrative. You can shape your fate in the Outer Rim in an uncharted section of the galaxy, which with never before uh, seen species and planets to discover, this part of the Outer Rim is rife with opportunity and political tensions that could alter the fabric of peace. What will you do? Well, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going to be buying this game, so. <laughs> we might do nothing. What will you become? Remains to be seen, Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> exactly so what do you think about just kind of the you know we, 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 we let's try to move on here we said our piece yeah. about the Quantic Dream thing and we will continue to learn more about the organization and once it comes to actually buying this game we'll make a decision there I know it's kind of a weird transition to be like hey this game might be made by monsters let's go ahead and talk <laughs> about it you know but uh, we made our piece about that we will continue to try to learn more and uh, hopefully justice will be taken if not we can go on from there but until then uh, what do you think about this uh, this little um, summary or this bit of a tease from StarWars.com before we actually um, dive into the trailer here?
1: Well, I think, first of all, um, it's funny. It's a bit of a monkey's paw, I think, uh, mm-hmm. because you got your wish. You wanted a High Republic game.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it came with consequences. But – just like uh, the game itself just like the <laughs> you game itself can take itself. choices with consequences thanks to the many outcomes in this deeply branching narrative just like I, life <laughs> yeah
1: i love the idea of kind of leaning into the the um kind of the skyrim uh rpg uh sort of open world experience where um i know you've not played a lot of skyrim but you can I make not.
0: you can make choices wait i'm going to make a skyrim re- reference are you ready okay ready Hey, I'm glad you're awake. Isn't that the, isn't that that's the quote? That's totally not, but... That's not? Y- what is the effort. quote? It's, isn't
1: that the... It's, hey, you're finally awake. Oh, like I was that, really close. Like, As someone close. who has
0: never played a frame of that game, I was pretty close. Yeah, that's good. I'm proud
1: of you. I'm proud of you.
0: <laughs> Thank you so um, much. Anyway, continue. But <laughs> I think
1: Skyrim is kind of hailed hailed and hated for the idea that you're this one person and you can like join whatever faction or whatever guild you want. You can be a thief you yeah. can simultaneously be an assassin. You can simultaneously be a mage. You can simultaneously be whatever the heck you want. Um, mm-hmm. But it's great that way, and it feels very completionist. It feels very diverse. Each you yeah. know, branch of what you're able to do has its own massive, massive amount of storyline. Um, that is something that I feel like would be really awesome to see in this uh, Star Wars setting where you could be a bounty hunter, you could be a sith you could be a jedi you could be you know any mix of those things where it's like just take your character or a set of characters and do mm-hmm. whatever the heck you want um, yeah sounds awesome looks very 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 pretty um it's got it's got a weird feel to it I'll say the environment is really specific um but it it looks very well crafted so I, I really like that um what do you think about how that would shake out.
0: Yeah, I think the... Well, first off, the... The The very idea that this game is set during the High Republic is something that gets me excited. You know, you and I had talked about in the past of before we even knew really anything about this game of like, what would you like to see in Star Wars video games moving forward? And I was like, hey, more High Republic stuff, please. And you I know, said, hey, a- more Skyrim like stuff, please. <laughs> there we go. Uh, just came at a cost, apparently. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I have worms for brains, so I haven't finished reading all the High Republic books and I'm still making my way through them. However... Um, what i have read of them i really have enjoyed and i think this era is really fascinating and i like what it has to say about the light side and the force and i think it has a really interesting perspective on that and based on what we're seeing here it seems like you're going to be able to kind of explore this wild west era of the galaxy um we're going to talk about it a little bit more here but i think that this trailer really sets up this this uh, kind of landscape of the galaxy where you have multiple different parties who are all kind of coming at an impasse to where the galaxy is expanding and the the republic is is expanding and in that they are starting to go into some more uncharted territories here and when you are you know kind of the wild west of sorts in this you know kind of gold rush mentality how is that going to influence the choices that you make and who you align yourself with? Are you going to be a Jedi? Are you going to be more of a bounty hunter character? Like you said, you going to be part of the trade federation. Are you going to be, you know, whatever this, um, unnamed organization that we see in the trailer, which we'll talk about, you know, it seems like there are lots of choices that you can make, which to me is a theme that has always resonated in star Wars is the power of choices. And I think, You know, although this kind of game mechanic is not exclusive to Star Wars, we've seen it with, you know, as you said, Skyrim, but also games like Red Dead Redemption recently. um, I think Star Wars is particularly fitting of this idea um, with, of course, games like Knights of the Old Republic and now this. To where you have the ability to choose the path ahead of you um you know that's like a, a very major theme in the very first star wars movie in that great leia quote where you know she's talking to luke about han and talking about you know we're not able to make those choices for him he kind of has to choose his own destiny here um so the fact that we will continue to explore this idea and this theme in this game is something that's really excited for me. Uh, but it also fills me with a lot of dread because I know I have that completionist kind of mentality and I'm going to be wanting to like, see every, I want to meet all these different characters and complete all these things. Um, I'm curious what you think in regards to kind of the canon implications of it all. Do you Mm -hmm. think that there's going to be all of the, you know, how do you think that they're going to handle, you know, all of these branching decisions? And if it is really as consequential as they say it is, you know, it seems like there's a lot of different um, ways that the story can go. Do you think that they're going to have, you know, one clear, this is quote unquote true, or how do you think that they're going to handle that?
1: I think that, uh, especially hearing that this is something, you know, set at least, uh, in the outer rim. Um, and it's, it's in, like you said, an uncharted territory. Um, I would say I love seeing how much new stuff it's going to be. I love seeing things we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, And simultaneously, it makes me, at least in canonicity, in regards to canonicity, it makes me think, you know, why not? You know, Um, this is obviously going to have, uh, it it would have implications if it were to be canon. Um, But at the same time, Uh, I would ask the same question about Jedi Fallen Order um, where it would almost seem like a huge task to undertake where you need to include Inquisitors. You need to recap Order 66 and say what's happening here, here and here, Um, Mm -hmm. bringing in characters that are already in canon. And, you know, especially like Saw Gerrera and Darth Vader, um, you know, how do you make that stuff work? So it almost sounds like a huge task to undertake. But knowing that it's set in the outer rim, uh, it's in a time that's not been explored in this kind of media before, um, and it will, you know, certainly feature at least some familiar faces, Um, I feel like it will absolutely have kind of a straight through, um, you know, these things are happening that are truth, and, you know, here's, I I would say, I hate to take away the idea of free will, um, but in, in games like this, the, the quote unquote consequences or outcomes always do seem catered to a specific event. Um, but yeah. I do think what's important there, cause I don't think that takes away from free will. I think that adds to the idea that you are part of the story in a way that is going to matter down the road, no matter what, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, um, for myself, uh, you know, the canonness we've talked about a lot recently, kind of the fluidity and the appeal of the fluidity with the canon rigidness that um, Star Wars has become a bit recently, like the pros and cons of that. I think for myself in regards to whatever the Wikipedia entry is, or the Wikipedia entry is going to be, I could see how maybe being a bit more vague it could be helpful to where if you have this time in the galaxy in a relatively uncharted part of the galaxy you could be a bit vague in regards to like you know so and sh- so showed up and did this thing you know to where it's treated more as like an urban legend kind of thing I don't think it's literally going to be like this particular well I don't know if we're going to be able to name our you know characters in this game but if you have you know you know, Bob Smith, who like came through and oh, he chose to do this kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be that specific. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if there was like a novelization or a comic book or something like that. That was, you know, this is the definitive telling of this story. I think either of those um, would be fine with me, uh, but I would be expecting a little bit of kind of vagueness here, or whatever your decision is doesn't quite affect the ending as much as you think it does. Like it's all kind of, you know, reach those major plot points, just kind of the journey you take along the way might be a little bit different. Um, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, But otherwise, I think we can dive into the um, actual trailer here um, because it's, as we said, this is not a gameplay trailer. We don't really get a lot of looks on what, you know, the characters you'll be playing. We mostly get the idea of era and environment uh and kind of the uh, these new designs of lots of new creatures and ships and some of the kind of sets the stage a little bit on what the story may be here so the trailer begins with these um unidentified alien drummers that are beating on these large ceremonial drums now i don't know about you because i was i was out last night and when this when this trailer Um, debuted I was kind of watching it as I was walking and I was you know looking at this thing and they have like this big star that's being eclipsed by a moon or whatever and then there's guys drumming (laughs) and I was like okay hold on a second I paused it (laughs) put it away (laughs) and I was like I need to watch this when I'm a little (laughs) when I'm paying attention a little bit more More because I was yeah because I was like I can't quite hear everything but what you know what was this intro like to this trailer for you because I was like Whoa, this is this is
1: not what I expected here. I definitely agree. It's such a um it's such a different look at Star Wars than we've seen, which is, you know, one, a very good thing, I will say. Yeah. Um but two, it's uh it is really, really like intense. It's super mm-hmm. intense. Um in a way that I think hits really well. Um, I know I said this, um, to you last night when we were talking about it. Um, it has like crazy Dune vibes. Um, it's funny that it doesn't like, it does feel like star Wars obviously, but it doesn't need to evoke complete like, Oh, that's recognizably star Wars. Um, the, the opening shot, uh, and kind of that, that through line is, super exciting in terms of what is like this crazy weird tribal lore of these different parts of the galaxy so um and there's obviously kind of a conclusion with that towards uh the end of the trailer Mm -hmm. again more dune vibes uh but wild stuff truly wild it's very very cool though
0: yeah i think the challenge when you have a you know a story that's set like hundreds of years before what you're really familiar with you're always going to have that kind of difficult balance between this feels like star wars but also like why does technology not really develop at all like it still feels kind of the same like it doesn't really feel like there's any like ingenuity here so it's interesting to go back at this time And see, you know, these different ships and these different, you know, we do get some familiar kind of designs here, which we'll which we'll uh, be sure to talk about. But it's just it's cool to see these different corners of the galaxy that might look a little bit familiar, but are also really different and really foreign to us as Star Wars fans. And I think starting it with this tribal ceremonial kind of you know, Blue Man group that we have going on here, I think is really interesting. Um, And it really kind of sets itself apart versus, you know, a lot of other Star Wars games could be tempted to kind of have, you know, the force theme or whatever, and have those kind of familiar things that we're all expecting that when you, you know, you press play, and you see it, you're like, Oh, it's a Star Wars game or this if they didn't play the Lucasfilm logo, I don't think a lot of people would, you know, immediately identify this with Star Wars, which is um, exciting. And I'm, glad people are looking forward to it because i you know how star wars fans are (laughs) anytime (laughs) something different seems to pop up they seem to get their uh little panties in a twist there but um yeah I'm, I'm i that was a very kind of striking thing to begin the trailer with and it really set the tone of this you know energy and freneticism like you were talking about um we've then cut to this planet that we um get to see that we don't get the name of but it does look like a mix of batu with little kind of influences of naboo there a little bit yeah it's see very, kind of, the, it's very
1: green it's very like yeah um, you know, fancy, I guess. I don't know what the.
0: It's yeah, really... it's fancy, but it also feels like this could be like a market or like an outpost of sorts. Yeah. Because we get to yeah. see the streets of this planet and we get to see kind of the people who are. Um, walking around it we get some folks that we uh i don't know exactly what their title is but they're also in rogue one they look kind of similar to that where they're like Mm -hmm. these big tall robed looking guys and we get to see like a duros who's got an eye patch and i was like nice it's so so cool (laughs) that's what we like to see baby you know um stuff like that was you know just this you know Something that I'm so thrilled and really looking forward to being able to, you know, walk through the streets of and explore this thing. And I hear some, you know, some tale that takes me on this weird side mission on this other planet that I have to go to because some guy at the market was like, I'll pay you 5,000 credits if you take me to wherever, you know, like something like that. I don't know exactly what our our role is going to be in this, um, but yeah, being able to explore something like Batuu because, um, you know, uh, not everybody can go visit there. Uh, being able to explore something like that in a video game I think is really exciting.
1: Yeah, that's probably one of the most, I think, appealing things is the the groundedness of instead of something like Fallen Order, which takes you to places that feel big and, you know, grandiose, but yeah. they're empty because there's an objective, you know? Sure. Um, and I think that's that's probably one of my main complaints with Fallen Order is that it it is somewhat open world, but it's not, but it is it's so linear. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, seeing this and knowing that we're just gonna be able to, you know, mosey around a market square, you know, and then sure. jump from that to, you know, being on a battlefield with a bunch of, you know, these unnamed troopers or something yeah um that kind I'd be of curious stuff. to
0: see if it has some similarities to something like red dead a game i haven't played but i will tell you past couple of days i've been like hmm, i kind of want to play some red dead like Listen, that sounds kind of
1: cool I, I legitimately searched uh i searched for like the cheapest copy uh about a week ago because i was like man i feel like i should should really yeah. cop this because I, I feel like i could play this for a few months
0: well, knowing myself and knowing like kind of my, um, motivation at this point, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> maybe this wouldn't be the best thing. Cause I could be like, yeah, I really should be working on that thing. And I'm like, yeah, or, or, or I could, I, I could know, go play like Texas Hold'em and in, in Red Dead, you know, yeah, like yeah. something like that. I don't know. But with this, I'm curious if it's going to kind of go into those same places to where it's like, yeah, you can go to whatever planet and go fight whatever, or, you could just play sabak a little bit, or you know, yeah. like do some weird kind of like you go fishing on this water planet or whatever. Like, I, I'm I'm wondering how in depth it's going to be with something like that. Because for my money, like if we're going to make it open world or do all this stuff, like take your time on it. Let me do whatever I want to do. Um, cause red dead, you know, even though I haven't played that game, something that's crazy with that is like, yeah, you can like shave and, you know, do all this crazy things that I would never really think that you like, why would you want to do that? But it's Mm -hmm. like, it's cool that it's there, you
1: know? (laughs) Right. No, I mean, I'm always in any game. I am, I'm a fan of side quests, you know, I, I love doing side quests more than I love, you know main story stuff just yeah, because catching it's, pigeons and spider-man
0: yeah. oh my goodness give, give me all that right you like that one right i <laughs> d- i don't uh and i don't
1: love that it comes back in miles morales but i know it's, it's hilarious. your favorite
0: thing i know it's your favorite thing
1: no but I, on that note actually though uh i do love because i love side quests another thing i love collectibles right true Fall and order collectibles just well that's
0: Takes us kind of to the next point that I have here, because we um, after this, we see Yoda in the chambers of the High Republic wearing kind of the garb um, that is associated with the era. Uh, and he's in the chambers of the Jedi Council chamber uh, on Coruscant. Um, and that reminded me of like the High Republic era is an era that is very loose on, in regards to what Jedi uh, look like you know like mm-hmm. with with their robes and their lightsabers we see you know we'll talk about we see like another look at uh, kind of very unique looking lightsabers and hilts and you know they're a bit more ornate than what we're typically um, you know kind of familiar with seeing so you know as much as I love skins and things like that I'm be really curious to kind of you know, be able to customize my robes or from a bounty hunter, get to have my cool armor or whatever blaster I want. You know, I'm all about like the, the cosmetic stuff, get to get yeah. as many outfits as I want. Are you kidding me, man? Come well,
1: on. I'll, I'll say this. Games are not limited anymore in what kind of stuff you can do with that. So there's no reason why you shouldn't have like an injustice to amount of oh, yeah. like customizable cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Come
0: or on. the game that I have didn't play because I heard it sucks, but the Marvel Avengers game, like I have oh, not so played much. it. much, yeah. I've not played it, but I've seen like videos of, I'm like, there's how many Captain America skins? Mm-hmm. God almighty. Like, that's crazy how much stuff there is in that. Yeah, it might be like loot box kind of stuff, but you know, hopefully in this game, it's more of like... Oh, if you do however many credits and things like that, you can go buy some of this more fancy stuff, like in Red Dead. You know, if you yeah. want this really nice leather gloves or something like that, you might have to go do a bounty or two, like something like that. Totally right. fine you, with. You know, but, you find yeah. it on
1: a, you find it on a mission or a quest totally. or whatever. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is a yeah. cool
0: little poncho. As much as I, you know, I want my ponchos in this game. Better be some poncho in this game or we're going to, we're going to riot. <laughs> I'm sure there will be. That would be a nice
1: nod. Yeah.
0: Um, so talking about, you know, Yoda and the Jedi council here, we are talking a lot about this uh, this uh trailer here we might have to have like a little bit of a longer episode i just looked at like the time of this we're really diving into this well we Um, had a
1: longer conversation yes we did
0: yes we did and an important one at that too um so we might skip one of the news stories that we have here which you know Star Wars Hunters, love you, but don't necessarily know if I need to talk about it. Sorry, <laughs> guys. <laughs>
1: um,
0: what do you think about the kind of idea of being able to play as a Jedi in this era? I know you're not terribly familiar with the era of the High Republic. You haven't really uh, dove into the novels. Right. Uh, but I will tell you that the Jedi in this time, there's a lot more flexibility and they're not as held down by the... Kind of dogma of the prequel era and you know they're able to express themselves more with clothing and how they view the force and how they kind of uh embody the force a little bit does that excite you to be able to play as a jedi in ways that might not be you know quite possible in um other video games because they take place in other eras
1: i think that's interesting that um that we're going to be able to see like like you said a, a more you know relaxed era but what that says to me is more of okay, if you're going to make these choices, it's going to shape, you know, how your character plays and how your character interacts with other players or other NPCs or other, you know, whatever. Um, And that, that feels like something that fits in the era of the Jedi kind of finding their way towards what does it mean to have, you know, if you have this power, what does it mean? Uh, to use it in specific ways. And how are you going to use it? Um, Stuff like that. That seems uh, really fitting in a story-based, you know, kind of branching narrative um, decision-making place. So I feel like that feels right. You know what I mean? Uh, It feels like it fits in well. Uh, I think that will be focused on probably very heavily Um, more than just, you know, kind of the force unleashed or infamous side of it where it's like, Ooh, if you make that decision, you'll get bad points. And if you make that decision, you'll get good points. It's, I I hope that it's a little bit more nuanced than that because it sounds like a time that is more nuanced than that, you know?
0: yeah i think the you know in regards to how the high republic views relationships and you know passion and and you know feelings of love and all of these things it's quite different than what we see in the prequels so i think it's this is a perfect opportunity to explore that kind of choice based um mechanic and as in regards to playing as jedi because you know you're right if you're going to have a game like this allow a little bit more flexibility as a character whereas the prequel era it's like well you know don't uh, don't have too much passion, Anakin, because it's gonna it's gonna kill your wife. You know? <laughs> uh, whereas something like you know this here, there might be a little bit more flexibility in regards to. Um, what Jedi are allowed to feel or the ways that they're allowed to express themselves in the force. I think that that's a a fantastic idea. Um, And we see uh, two Jedi training on a planet that is believed to be Valron or um, hypothesized to be Valron. That was a catch from uh, Star Wars Explained. They've got a great um, breakdown on their YouTube channel, so go uh, make sure to check that out there. Um, But yeah, we see these two Jedi training on this planet. Not um, too much more to discuss there other than it might be um, this uh, game or this uh, planet that is featured in the other um, Star Wars game, the Tales from Vader's Castle. Don't really know uh, too much about it, but it was like a High Republic featured planet there. So it's, um, you know, I'm not sure if this is hinting on How old the Jedi character may be or Mm -hmm. if they're a little bit more on the younger stage or something like that. Um, But it seems that, you know, it's interesting that this trailer is really like broken up into chunks. Like the first half of it feels kind of like Jedi focused. And then there are this, you know, kind of mysterious organization. And then there's the Trade Federation, which we'll talk about. but. I think it's really setting the stage for what we can expect to see, because after this we cut to two more Jedi who are igniting their lightsabers against this mysterious horde of charging enemies on some random snowy planet. We get to talk about those very customizable, unique looking lightsabers like we talked about before. Um we then see this dock that is um, maybe potentially the same planet from earlier with this crashed um, Naboo N1 starfighter in the water. And that's kind of the first indication other than the Jedi Council that we get of in regards to designs of ships and other things like that that are familiar in the prequel trilogy. Was that a little bit jarring for you or were you hoping to see more unique designs or did you like that those were included? How would you feel about that?
1: Well, I like that there's a few designs that we get of, you know, some some starfighters, you know, in a during the dogfight in space. Um, The 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 whole entire uh, cinematic trailer uh, after the shot with the guy with the drums, there is, you know, a a shot of a ship, you know, kind of crashing towards a planet that is kind of a newer, uh, at least unique design. Um, It was weird because I was like, oh, that's like. Yeah, you know, that's, that's that. And then I was like, wait a minute, like, that's a little bit funny that it's, that it's so unique or not, not so unique, so familiar, uh, in conjunction with the unique things. Um, yeah. but, um, you know, I was kind of thinking about again, when, when really do we see this? Um, and obviously like you mentioned before, Star Wars has had an issue with the technology side of things you know and why is everything kind of stagnant um yeah. but seeing yoda as well in the trailers like okay kind of gives you at least some indication that not everything uh is so incredibly different um yeah. in the way that that we know you know star wars makes its way towards but um i think that inclusions like that are probably necessary in the same idea that you know everybody wants to be a jedi right you're gonna you're gonna make a star wars game put some jedi in there everybody wants to do that for the people that like those things that are like oh we're gonna go back to this time i want to see this i want to be able to do this that that at least is in there um for the people that are looking for the more familiar sides of this era and what's transitioning towards the prequels i think
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right that if you're going to entice people to play a game like this, who's probably a younger crowd, a crowd that likely grew up with the prequel trilogy, I think that's exactly how you... Do it is you say like hey remember that thing that you liked i mean it's it's not like the starfighter is like the showcase of the trailer it's like yeah. half submerged in this you know puddle somewhere um but yeah i i, I think including this I might be a little biased because it's like my one of my favorite designs in star wars um but including this is a great way to entice you know prequel fans and fans of this era and also give like a little bit of a hint that's like you know this isn't legends this isn't you know something that is set after this the um original trilogy this is like a little bit before and the fact that we get to see different jedi reminded me of like the knights of the old republic kind of cinematic trailers to where it's like here are things that you're familiar but in a different uh familiar with but in a different context Mm -hmm. um i think that that's like a key idea in this trailer and also um just kind of give gives hints to where the era might be for those who don't know what the high republic is which is a lot of people and i think that this game will be like a really nice Introduction to that, Um, because after we see this, we see some imagery of um, these ships flying towards this mysterious building with like this Y logo on it. Um, Later on in the trailer, we see the same logo being seen on soldiers um, later on on their on their uh, uniform. There, Uh, what do you make of this? Did you think that this is kind of? as enticing as I do, because I think this is something that really um, kind of piqued my interest about this trailer here.
1: I love the idea that it's, it's you know, more new, I would say. Um, again, not entirely new, because these are concepts that I'm sure are explored in other things. But um, more of the idea of, like, we need to pull in, uh, you know, people that that want to explore this, but not just give them more of, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah. but you know, if you want to call it stormtroopers, if you want to call it battle droids, you want to do whatever. It's like, okay, we need something fresh, but also something malevolent, something, you know, grand, and something that is uh, intimidating enough to say that there are stakes and there's, you know, danger in this world. Um, I think having kind of a a huge rogue army is a really good way to set the stage for the Republic finding its position And, you know, trying to spread its reach through the galaxy in a way that's like, no, no, we're here for peace. And, you know, we're going to we're just going to take out whatever doesn't uh, align with that. And this seems like a good enough threat in a way that's like, wow, that's really that's something really different. You don't really see that in Star Wars where it's like this, you know, either planet or entire race has its own army um, that, you know, will be featured pretty prominently, I'm guessing. Um, that's super exciting. I think that's great.
0: Yeah. I don't know if this, um, logo that we have here is an indication of like, a, excuse me, like a, um, clan or, you know, a a race of people like you talked about or like an organization perhaps, or like a company, because I think as I talked about a bit earlier, excuse me, I think you have this, um, kind of new frontier, in a way, in this this corner of the galaxy that has been pretty untapped up to this point. And as the Republic is looking to expand and looking to kind of grow their influence across the galaxy, you're starting to go into these areas that haven't really been fully tapped. And I think just kind of like in American history, it's going to be kind of this gold rush in sense to where um you have, I believe, what will be this organization or this group of people or whatever and the trade federation who are trying to get a piece of this and conflict might arise from that like we see in this trailer because we see a big trade federation ship being attacked by the same ships that we see earlier in the trailer i think this conflict is going to arise and because of that the jedi have to step in and they say like okay well <laughs> let's take it easy here uh because they're going to be kind of the, the the sheriff in town a little yeah, bit so yeah. to speak so i think that that's a really interesting kind of you know a wrinkle to the situation because if it was just Jedi fighting the Trade Federation again it's just like okay well i've seen this they made three movies about it you know yeah, what i mean like yeah. i and a whole tv series i think um providing a different foe um for to be a to uh, serve as a wrinkle for the republic is really interesting and there might also be another kind of um Party involved here because the trailer ends with an unnamed figure rising out of some sort of black glue, uh, black goo, kind of uh, Baron Harkonnen style from Dune, like you had talked about, like very on the nose kind of Dune imagery. It's, I mean, maybe not intentional, but just having watched Dune a couple months ago, it's like, oh wow, it's like Dune. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no,
1: a hundred percent. I thought that was Um, interesting seeing that and like having the same thought as a lot of other people, but it's almost. It's almost evocative of, you know, how do we make something, you know, look really I don't know, scary, I guess, or yeah. or threatening. Um and like I was thinking about that more. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy did that a little oh, with bit Ronan. with, with yeah. Ronin, kind of yeah. just pouring black goo on him. It's like, Ooh, yeah. that's a little bit weird. I don't know. Yeah, about it takes that. a little bit
0: of this like kind of gets all those like talcum powder kind of things thrown at him it's (laughs) weird stuff man it's his first introduction in the movie he's taking a bath
1: (laughs) but that that's maybe one of those things that's just in uh like an allegory for the i guess the the tribal yes well i was going to say kind of the the way that that tribes i guess see kind of chiefdom and and sure uh power and and that sort of thing and you know how do you How do you justify somebody's, you know, opposition against, you know, what we are told to be the good side? Well, they need to have strong motivations, and you know, maybe that comes from a a cultural standpoint. Um, So that will be very interesting. I think it fits well, obviously. um, Yeah. as As much as it does look like Baron Harkonnen, (laughs) like,
0: yeah, I think for me this um, kind of unidentified you know species because we do see like the faces of these uh, alien drummers and they seem to be associated with the goo man um i'm anticipating that they will be kind of the proto native american kind of surrogate for this trailer to where you have a whole you know, host of people who are looking to kind of claim this land and you know trying to you know increase the influence of the republic and the government and all these kind of things and they're going to run into a civilization who's like hey man i live here already (laughs) Um, i think that that's going to be kind of the case here to where you have this species or this you know um kind of clan or whatever you want to call it who's probably already has their influence over this area maybe they're like a crime syndicate or something like that and they've already kind of got control of this area but it's just on the outer rim so the republic's not really familiar with that i think that's going to be yet kind of another hidden foe that is going to come to the fruition during this time i don't really see it as like a sith kind of thing i mean it could be um but i think if they were going to be i think the you know i think this trailer probably would have had them ignite a red lightsaber or something like that. And I think at this time period, it doesn't quite make sense for there to be Sith, you know? So I think, I think we're going to see this emerge as a, as a kind of a, uh, a foe that the Republic isn't really anticipating. And they're going to be maybe the, the larger threat here, the, the more looming threat here. Um, so I
1: I, I feel like that seems like uh, that seems like it fits as well into what we know is jumping into the prequels, uh, you know, kind of the, well, who's really the good side here? Um, you know, who you know this this group of people says that they stand for good and justice and truth and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're also kind of you know getting in the way of these other things. Maybe I like that Clone Wars touches on that a lot. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I could yeah. see that.
0: Yeah, very interesting stuff. I'm curious to see more from this, in particular, some gameplay footage, like we said at the beginning. Uh, This game is in very early development, so it probably will not even come out next year. Uh, Probably got plenty of time for this game. And even if it does come out next year, it's probably going to be like late December time. So plenty of time to discuss more about this. Plenty of time to discuss more about the behind the scenes uh, controversies. Lots of discussions to be had. Um, We're going to move on here. Uh, we were running super long today. Yes, we Um, are. uh, Like we said, um, we were going to talk about Star Wars Hunters. Um, can you can you summarize what you thought of the trailer in one sentence?
1: Uh, Battlefront, but Fortnite.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought it looked like Fortnite uh, and for a mobile game, not half bad doesn't really seem like for me. Moving on. So we got some cast news here <laughs> um, from Star Wars the Acolyte who cast uh, Amandala Stenberg as the lead role in this series. Um, so they've just really taken a, a big leap forward in announcing the casting of this actor here. Uh, And it uh, represents the first time that Lucasfilm has cast a non-binary actor uh, in a lead Star Wars project. Uh, They would be the first uh, ever, uh, excuse me, they would be playing the lead character of the acolyte uh, who uh, is reported to be named or even codenamed Aura, I believe is how you pronounce that. Um, the Disney series uh, will be written by Russian doll scribe Leslie Headland, uh, and is tied to the end of the time period known as the High Republic era, uh, which in this movie or this uh, uh, the Acolytes case is about fifty years before um, the Phantom Menace. Here, so um, even though I do want to talk in depth about this um, casting here, we still don't really know too much about the story. So I, you know, we can talk about the casting of uh, Mandala here. Uh, But as I said, we are running pretty long here. So what did you think about the um, casting of this actor and kind of this um, first kind of a benchmark here for Lucasfilm? I
1: would I would say benchmark is probably the the most important thing here um, because we have, again, uh, we talked about before a little bit uh, just the philosophy of uh, individual expression and Mm -hmm. and, you know, unique. Uh, viewpoints and things like that. Um, this is, I think, something that will at least bring a lot of um, maybe peace of mind to, again, like we talked about, people that are hurt from uh, the controversy that that Lucasfilm is kind of wrapped up in, uh, yeah. either you know uh, directly or indirectly, right about now. Uh, so I think in terms of in terms of casting, absolutely wonderful. Very, very exciting that, um, that we have, you know, at least a, a face to the name, to the project, whatever you want to, however you want to get excited for this. That's, it's a huge step forward. So I think that's great.
0: Yeah. And you know, I've, I've been one of the, the, the fans who has looked at some of the other ancillary star Wars material, like the high Republic or something like that in his, Loved how inclusive they've been and there are non-binary characters in that as well as well as gay characters and uh, you know other characters on on the lgbtq um, You know, uh, I don't know if spectrum is the is the word for it But on you know who are a part of that community and I think that that's really important that they are there, but in that Just being in the comics or in a you know on the page for me isn't quite enough I want to see these types of characters represented on the screen here. Um, and the fact that this series, um, which is one that I'm incredibly excited for uh, and the the prospect of this this time period, I'm thrilled that we're exploring this. Uh, the fact that they are continuing to have that sort of representation in this series is amazing. And I'm yeah, so, so... Uh, go ahead. What were you going
1: I was just going to say, it's something that um I feel like, you know, Lucasfilm and particularly Disney will want to lean into. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, You know, unlike some of the more negative things, this is something that probably, you know, people that are just excited for more Star Wars things, they might not know that, that, um, you know, Lucasfilm has cast a non-binary actor um, or, or they might not care, you know, so I don't, I don't know what that really is going to lead to. I don't see this, you know, being something that, that turns into a negative story. Um, oh. I just, you know,
0: <laughs> I wish I was as wishfully thinking is, is, is that, well, I think, I think you're right in regards to like the public, yeah, you know, yes. like, I don't think that that's going to be a big issue, but I, you're always going to have those, those and I underline bold, those yes. Star Wars fans who are going to feel that way. And, oh, all this SJ, all that kind of narrative, you know, and that's just going to be the case Whenever they cast someone who's not a white guy. Yeah, I I (laughs) think that's literally could be anyone not other than a white guy and they're gonna have a problem with it. But you know, good news for you guys, you got plenty of shows with white guys coming out soon and you're gonna have uh more video games and other TV shows and movies and things like that, they're going to have white guys in it. So there you go. You can identify with those characters, there's, but, there's you your know, stuff. Yeah. Un- unfortunately for you, um, star Wars is not just for you. It's for a lot of people. And there's a lot of people who have maybe not felt able to see themselves on screen. And the fact that they're going to have this character here and they're going to be able to identify them with a way that they might not, but you know, really had the opportunity to. Um, before this, I'm so thrilled for them and the fact that there are going to be kids who are watching this who, you know, also maybe are struggling with some things and they're going to watch this character and identify with them and feel more comfortable with themselves. It's fantastic, and I'm yeah. I'm so thrilled uh, to see more and to hear more about this series. Um, but unfortunately, we don't really know much about the story, so we can't really speculate on what this character is going to be. But I'm really excited to hear more from them. Um, but uh, moving on here, unless you have any more um, final details to add uh, to the story, we're going to be moving on to the next topic. I think we're going to move on. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to continue our uh, Boba Festival here, Noah. Um, we've talked about throughout the month of December, we are going to highlight some key Boba Fett um, kind of material throughout the years leading up to the book of boba Fett, which debuts on december 29th uh, we're shining a spotlight on the man in the helmet himself uh, and by doing that this week we're going to be taking a look back on the final arc in season two of the clone wars uh, which follows a young boba fett as he attempts to get revenge on mace windu for the murder of his father uh, this is a three episode arc at the end of season two of the clone wars it includes death trap which is episode 20 R2 Come Home, which includes episode 21, as well as Lethal Trackdown, episode 22. Uh, So, you know, you and I, we decided we're not really going to, like, talk in depth about plot points and, you know, go into the real nitty gritty of each of these episodes, more just kind of talking uh, generalities. But I wanted to know... Uh, I know that this is a arc for yourself that you really like in The Clone Wars. Oh, I mean, yeah, it is. W- went as far to dress as young Boba Fett for Star Wars Celebration. But, you know, when you first started watching The Clone Wars, what was your kind of reaction to exploring this character and this, you know, time and this very influential character's journey to becoming the, you know, the well-regarded bounty hunter that we know them to be?
1: Well, it feels, I think, mostly... Um... It feels uh I would say overall like a character study of the Boba that we see in episode two of, you know, of the clone or episode two of Star Wars. Um yeah. where this feels like a character that is fleshed out after um after, you know, older Boba Fett has appeared in the original trilogy where it's like, it's almost a little bit of a backpedal in terms of character where Mm. there are choices made that make him a strong character. And it's one of the, like you said, it's a personal favorite of mine. Um, R2 come home is I think one of the coolest clone Wars episodes. It's one of my favorite. It's like way up there on the list. Yeah. Um, But it's, it's an interesting character study of a kid that, you know, has these, events that influence him a certain way, but it's weird to think, okay, how does, how does he get from, you know, attack of the clones to where he is in empire strikes back? Um, I would almost go as far as to say that whatever happens when he's a kid, including this arc. And I know we'll talk about another one. Um, they don't really turn him into that Boba Fett. It's really strange. They make yeah. him a really fleshed out character and a really strong character, but he is certainly not who we see in comics and in uh, the original trilogy. and it, you know it, it's it's weird because he has this uh reputation. However, it does make him a character that it is believable to say he started here in attack of the clones and made his way through these events and was influenced by these things and made these choices and you know and had to make make other choices and now he is where we see him in the book of boba fett um yeah. where we talked about this before about uh, a little bit of the dialogue that we hear where you know he talks about ruling with respect and with honor Um, Mm -hmm. and, and being, being an honorable person, uh, including, you know, his character in the Mandalorian season two, uh, where this feels like kind of a rewriting, you know, the, the, it's like the foundation of a rewriting for his character of somebody that is feared, but someone who has honor. And there's actually a lot of talk about honor in this arc is like doing the, doing the honorable thing. Um, and something that, honda onaka mentions to to boba fett is like it's something you're it's what your father would have done your father was an honorable man um so it's an interesting perspective uh but again some of my favorite stuff i think it's an an awesome like maybe an awesome kind of foundation for looking into his character now in a full-fledged series that we will get in a few short weeks you know
0: yeah, I think you're exactly right when you, you know, you say, like, you have Attack of the Clones, which the last that you see of Boba Fett in that movie is him, like, clutching his father's decapitated head, you know? Um, yep. Like, it's 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 pretty gnarly shit. Wait, sorry, and hold on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, if you know, you know. Uh, but, yeah, like, he's holding his dad's helmet there, I'm assuming his, his. I always, it's kind of morbid, but I always assumed that, like... <laughs> like his head is still in there. Yeah. Well, Mace would do like cuts his head off. And I always assumed it kind of like melted the head around okay. there and heat makes stuff expand. So his head's probably like all gooey in there. So, it's, pro- okay. yeah, it's probably it's, like all pressed up against the head. It's probably pretty gross in there, man. It's
1: funny that you, uh, it's funny that you say that because, uh, I think I remember seeing somewhere that in like, an edited
0: version of attack of the clones like yeah you I, can like see the head you see fly the shadow yeah, the I, know, yeah, I know i right. know but it's not as fun <laughs> it's not as fun but it is a
1: definitive age. i don't like the
0: cartoon physics of like mace windu cutting off his head and his dad's head just goes like Whoop. Like it yeah, just they, like they falls go two out separate a,
1: directions or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no,
0: I I like the idea that Mace Windu's like <laughs> cauterized his dad's head into the helmet, and Bubba's like crying over. It. I'm just kidding. It's like really dark and morbid. <laughs> My point is, I love that. You know, at the end of that movie, that that scene, that shot, kind of sets up. You know. W- This because of a moment like this and this inciting incident that leads Boba Fett to where we eventually see him, maybe not in the movies, but more kind of the fan, you know, the fan viewpoint of Boba Fett that he's this ruthless bounty hunter who is like the best at what he does, you know. Um, and that uh, an episode like this is kind of fulfilling that promise. That was always kind of my reaction to it beforehand. But now watching it after seeing The Mandalorian and then, you know, looking forward to the the Book of Boba Fett, I totally agree with you where there's a lot of discussion here about Ander, honor and his father's legacy, which really does lead into the Book of Boba Fett where it's. Seems like he's not ruling with this iron fist or he's not being this ruthless killer like someone like Aurra Singh is uh, in this. Boba Fett obviously becomes more ruthless that we, you know, we see him in some of the comics and things like that. But we get to see shades of what he once was. And, you know, just like with with Vader that little boy is still in Darth Vader, even when he's doing all of these terrible things, that part of himself is never fully extinguished. And I think the same can be said for Boba Fett, where, you know, when we see him in the book of Boba Fett, trying to be this leader who rules with respect and honor, I think it, ties back directly to this arc in Clone Wars where we see him now. And it's great that he's uh, being able to be, you know, portrayed by uh, the the same actor that portrayed him in Attack of the Clones. That's, you know, excellent to see. I'm glad that he um, had the uh, Daniel Logan had the opportunity to reprise that role here. Um, But yeah, I totally agree that we get to see kind of the the, the the shades of what will eventually become that killer but it's not you know it's not an immediate thing it's not like he immediately was like the best bounty hunter in the galaxy we see that he's proficient we see that he's good at what he does and he has good instincts um but that jadedness that we see in him later on is something that will kind of fester and kind of grow in him
1: right that's that's something that I love again clone wars mm-hmm. does hit hard when you haven't watched it in a while and uh and you you sit down and you throw on an episode and, uh, the, the, what's it called? Like the card at the beginning of the third episode, a um, uh, fortune cookie. Yes. The little fortune cookie at the beginning. Uh, the the beginning of the third episode is like, um, revenge is a confession of pain. Yeah. uh, Is, is what, what is shown at the beginning of the third episode where, you know, we kind of get the, you know, him confronting his, his anger with, you know, finally being face to face with Mace Windu and, you yeah. know, and, and talking about it where that is something that, you know, like you said, the jadedness of, you know, this kid that is in pain um, is, is a great, n- not great, like, like, yeah, that's great, but <laughs> like a, a strong place to start uh yeah. in, you know, what we will end up seeing in, you know, the series of somebody that has truly been through a lot. It's not just yeah. a character who was this rough and tough, mean guy that then got swallowed. And now he's angry and upset and whatever.
0: Yeah, um, He's he's and on
1: a mission, you know, which I, I is think fun. Th- this,
0: this arc also shows a lot more layers to Boba. And something that I kind of forgot about is how he views clones, which is really interesting. Because in this, in the first episode, Death Trap, um, he is interacting with these clones directly. And there's one trooper that he attacks to steal his blaster. And the trooper's like, what are you doing? Like we're brothers. And he's like, he says, you're not my brother. And and then he stuns them. You know, it's, it's, and I think you know, like I think he's right pretty much like, yeah, they're not not brothers. Like it's like, yeah, you're a clone of me, but really only a name. Like I don't have like the genetic modifications that you do and you, you kind of look like me, but you know, or you do look like me, but we're not, this isn't, you know, what do you think it is? Like I have a father, I don't have like a brother, you know, I, I think he's kind of, I understand him a little bit in that one, but um, yeah, because like some of the cadets call him like a traitor later on and he's like, I never like pledged my allegiance to you. Race, like like I I've kind of got my anything, own thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's interesting nonetheless to see kind of that side of Boba Fett because that's not something that we can get other than, other than like a television show like this or maybe, you know, a comic or a, or a book or something like that. But I think it's always something that, you know, fans like you and I who grew up with Attack of the Clones are just kind of wonder like, oh, does, you know, does he consider himself, does he get along with the other clones? Because he kind of lives in the same like apartment that they do, you know, right, does he pass them right. in the hallway? How do they view him? That whole kind of thing. I think that's really interesting. But being able to explore that and as well as have the reemergence of Aura Singh, which is great, you know, the fact that they're including a character to say that they're like a minimal character is is kind of like, that's a you know like a bit of an understatement they're like in one shot in the phantom yeah. menace you know yeah. and the fact that they're like a, a character that leads this arc in the show as well as others going forward now they're kind of this fan favorite bounty hunter character is just amazing but i, I, I with, love um, that or in this
1: same with honda anaka like this is yeah it's not his first appearance but it's no. pretty close yeah. Um, th- this is like, I think the second arc that he's yeah, in. I had,
0: I, I looked it up cause I was curious. I was like, is this the first Hondo too? Cause if so, like this is a pretty big arc, but yeah, there's right. a, a couple more episodes earlier on that he's in. Yeah.
1: But even still, you know, that character is now like one of the, like most popularly toted around animatronics at, at uh, galaxy's yeah. edge. Just crazy know, to see how
0: far things have come, you know?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. No. And also knowing <laughs> that he has, Uh, relationships with so many other characters that you could just rattle off names and be like, Oh, and he, you know, actually was doing this and this and this with these people and, you know, just wild stuff that that really fleshes out where Boba has been and who he's, you know, how he's connected in this, in this underground. I hope that we'll see more stuff um, in the book of Boba Fett that has to do with his, you know, the places that he's been, uh, mm-hmm. the people that he's met will be really, really interesting stuff. Yeah. As much as I as much as I love Fennec Shand, um, yeah. you know, give me some give me some stuff that that reminds Boba Fett of, you know, his his younger days. Yeah, um, or his dad, you know. Yeah, or that. You know. Um yeah. he mentions Django in in you know, The Mandalorian, but that's kind of the most we get. I know that like yeah. there's always rumors flying around that. Uh, that there are some clones still alive uh, it, that may appear in the Ahsoka series. I doubt that we would see him, you know, coming face to face with another Tamara Morrison uh, well, in the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. But, you know, yeah.
0: never say never. I don't know. Yeah. I think for myself, kind of the the to, you know, put a thesis to the whole thing for myself, I think Boba Fett primarily is a character that I, I struggle to really, have the same thrill and passion for that. A lot of other star Wars fans feel because for myself, his motivation is mostly for myself. Like he's the coolest raddest guy around and he's got a name to fulfill and not, you know, it's not just his name. It's his father's name that he's Mm -hmm. fulfilling. And to, to do that, he has to maintain this reputation as that guy. Whereas in this, I think the reason I find it so compelling is because the motivation has changed. It's not just that now. It is maintaining a sense of legacy, of course, uh, with his father and trying to obtain justice for that. But it's also kind of colored by this blind rage and this revenge trying to do this and also him trying to, okay, my dad was a bounty hunter. So I guess I also have to do that now and there's not really, I don't have any friends or family that I can go to. so. I'll just go to my dad's coworker. Who, just hang you out know. with
1: Bosk. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's great to see him back in this also, yeah. um, uh, 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 voiced by, um, uh, yes, yes. The <laughs> gentleman, um, it's coming. The gentleman who, the gentleman who voices all of D Bradley Baker, my God in heaven. Yeah. Uh, voiced by D Bradley Baker, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's cool that he just kind of like, is like, well, I'll just go hang out with my dad's coworkers and just, you know, par- kick around with them for a little bit. And, but yeah, it's cool to see like, a different side of Boba and a different, you know, motivation of Boba and the fact that he's not just motivated by, I got to be the coolest guy around. He's like, you know, how does he get to that point? And how does he overcome this rage and, and anger that he has for Mace Windu and the Jedi? I think that that's, um, that's great.
1: Well, you bring up motivation, which I think, you know, kind of ties to something interesting. There's uh, in R2 Come Home, there's uh, the, the other bounty hunter that they're working with, Castus, who, You know, it's the the four of them on this job. Castus sucks. All my
0: homie, all my homies hate Castus, bro. Yes, we do. We hate Castus. We super hate Castus. Uh, but so he's like, a whiny little bitch. Yeah, he doesn't bumbling, shut up the whole he,
1: time. He's bumbling around. And he's like,
0: "Oh, this, this place is too dangerous." Yeah. Or not? you know, literally does nothing the entire mission. I'm yes. like, carry a box or something. Come on, man. He's like, big. He's strong. He's, Do something. He, literally the worst. Yeah, um, I'm, but I'm it's glad it's interesting shot, To be yeah. frank,
1: <laughs> it's interesting to see like the varying motivation. You know, you have Porus Singh who's like we could get paid like a lot of money for this. And yeah. I also want to help out Boba Fett because, you know, I, you know, he, they're, they're close or whatever. I don't think
0: well, it, we but I think he could also be an asset to her. Cause if yes, she's like, well, you know, yeah. there's a sense. Of, I don't think it's a real sense of like loyalty. Cause she does ditch him, you know? Um, but I, I think it's more of a sense of like, well, this guy could be valuable to me and i yeah. could you know i could teach him some things and we could be partners you know and i think it's a little bit more of that other than like well his dad and i were close so i got to take him under my wing i think yeah <laughs> i think she kind of ditches that the first you know first sign of trouble here
1: but it is interesting knowing that you know her motivation is obviously as as rock steady as it always is it's the money it's yeah. the power it's yeah. you know the the seediness of of being herself uh castus is like no this is too much for me like yeah it's not worth it i'm out i don't care that much uh, yeah but even then,
0: him is still he, he's still willing to like sell out you know yeah. aura oh, yeah. and sell them out for money which i think there's a moment here where i i, I noted it when uh Aura kills castus it cuts to boba and he's got like this look of terror on his face yeah and i think that's like a really excellent decision to show his reaction to that because it's this like sign of this isn't you're not kicking around your doubt you're with your dad around the galaxy like having a good time because i do think in attack of the clone specifically there's a sense of joy you know where you know his dad's like 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 shooting obi-wan yeah his dad's like fighting with obi-wan and he's like yeah come on get get him him." you know he's like kind of having fun but now he's like you're alone yeah. and your dad is dead. And, and you saw him murdered in front of your eyes. Wild yeah. West
1: out there. Yeah. You know? And
0: no one is going to look out for you. And this person that you thought was your friend just shot that dude in the face. You know, yeah. like there's this real kind of sense of you know, this is leading to that character who is, his allegiance is to no one but himself. Like, yeah, yeah. If the price is right. He'll take the job, but he's not, he's not your partner and he's not your friend. Like he's got to look out for himself. And I think it's because of moments like this. Yeah,
1: no, that's, yeah. that's really strong. And I love, so that's why, you know, kind of tying that, that to his motivations is like, you know, he has to be in this, you know, in this setting, um, because he doesn't have a choice. Um, yeah. You know his his rage is too is too much that he doesn't have a choice. Um, on on a slightly lesser note, I love Bosk in in uh, the yeah. second episode. He's like, they're like, "What about you, Bosk? Like, are you going to jump ship?" And he's like, "I need the money, actually. Like, I'll do whatever."
0: <laughs> I, I love that Bosk is just really strapped for cash. And yeah, he's, he's just like, like really trying his best. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, he like has that line. It's very. I laughed a little bit. I was. He's just like. Bless I need the cash. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know what Bosk is like spending his money on other than like dioxys grenades, you know? Like, yeah, he's just yeah. like, he's like, ah, I could use some, a new vest. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: so he's, you know, those, those kind of moments where it's like, okay, like where are we at with this character's motivation and how does it, how does it build to something that we yeah. can put a finger on in a, in, in a show where he is, he's highlighted, he is the main character and, yeah. you know, we need, those character moments. Um, I think this is something that the Mandalorian kind of falters with uh in the same regard, is he's, you know, kind of this well-known character that is, you know, kind of feared in these certain pockets and corners and whatnot, and you you better not mess with him. Um, yeah. and then it feels like you know, every now and then, uh, you know, they'll toss A little scrap of character development and it's like well it gets gobbled up really quick because people are starving for it and they're like oh i want to know more about this you know what this character is like so with boba fett and especially with the book of boba fett if we're gonna get anything it is only going to be strengthened by arcs like these where it's like do you want to totally. know more about his character this is a pretty good yeah
0: this is a pretty good starting well, point. because you're you know? seeing the the bedrock and the foundation of what will be built upon that in regards to his experience as a bounty hunter and being able to see these people in his life who were very inf- influential during this kind of impressionable moment for him is going to you know, inform the bounty hunter that we see later and, you know, Aura Singh and Mace Windu and Anakin aren't the only characters that we see in this. Cause we get a lot of Plo Koon and Ahsoka action, which I'm a huge Plo Koon guy. Man. I've literally oh. got his figure right above me now. And we get commander Wolf and the one Oh four battalion. I was like, let's go. I, I was I so gotta, excited to I see Plo Koon again in the Plo make, bros. <laughs> not to make
1: you sad, but only because just to know that I was thinking of you when, when I was watching this, I was like, appreciate it, bro. I was like, "Oh my God, could I get my hands on the cloak that Plo Koon wears? Because that would be an insane thing to give yeah. for Garrett for his birthday." Because I was oh, like, "Oh man,
0: it's coming up!" I, so it that is time, coming I already want to like fashion it or something. If you want to like buy a sewing machine, that'd be cool. I'd be into that. I <laughs> wish
1: I could, but that is not one of my that is not one of my strong suits.
0: That's a good point, though. Like, it's a cool look for him. He's got like God, this kind so of cool. like like Shaw look, it's not quite a robe, but it's like this kind of, you know, uh, shorter, you know, robe situation. It's really yeah. neat. And I've seen that there are like Plo Koon masks that people kind of upgrade a little bit and they wear them around cons and stuff like that. But yeah, Plo Koon is ever since I was a kid, I just thought he was really, really neat. And the fact that you get to spend some time with the Plo's bros, which on Battlefront two is the skin that I have for the officer class, Absolutely. which is the one, which is my main, cause it's dope. And you got like the little, you got like the little, uh, leg kind of, um, you know, uh, uh chaps a little bit Oh yeah, sick, sick. Uh, but yeah, I love seeing some Plo Koon stuff. And it also is just like, it's been a while since I've watched the clone wars. Um, and I mean, I, I'll have it on when I'm like, um, editing or doing something like that. I'll right, just kind of yeah. have it on, on mute in the background. Um, but this is like one of the first times in a, you know, probably over a year or so that I've watched it. And it was just cool to see, um, a little baby Ahsoka again, too. And was, just seeing how impressionable I, she is. Yeah. And also it's great to see her and Plo Koon together because of considering their history together and God, the fact that good Plo stuff. is the one that discovered her and he's like having this opportunity to like teach her, uh, you know, and it's just great. It's awesome. Really, it's really, really <laughs> good stuff. I know
1: I was, that, that was, uh, one of the things I was like, I was watching it and, um, my wife was, was like doing her own thing. I was like, I'll just put in my headphones. I'll just be here. I'll be watching it. And, uh, cause she was like, I don't really want to, I don't really want to watch it. Maybe you can watch it on your computer. Don't put it on Come the TV. On, Rachel. Come on,
0: Rachel. And, and I was Come like,
1: on. I was sitting there with my computer and then I like, kind of like glanced and she was like watching like, wow, I had my, <laughs> <laughs> while I had my headphones in and, and she you was, like, her. And she was her. like, why does why does she look like that? And I was like, what does, what do you mean? And she was like, why does Ahsoka look like that? And I was like, she's like because she's yeah, yeah. She's like really young. This is like little Ahsoka. And, and I was like, I was like, you'd be really good for like a younger Ahsoka cosplay. And she was like, I don't like the hat she's wearing. And I, <laughs> and I was like, like her, oh, you're right. like, uh, yeah. like, a, the, like her head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like exactly.
0: A, the head tails. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but in the Plo and Ahsoka interaction, we also get to travel to the lower levels of Coruscant, which is, I believe like kind of yeah. the first time that we really I get to do that, that yeah. which also ties into season seven of the clone wars where Ahsoka goes down there, uh, and during Ahsoka's walkabout, which was just kind of cool to see her take her first plunge into this and to see kind of the the scum and villainy of the of the uh, of coruscant and i know that there was plans of having a video game i believe like in the lower yeah. levels of coruscant so to be able to explore that and to go all these kind of dive bars and all of these uh dangerous uh you know locales and there's also that great moment where ahsoka is trying to use the force to like listen to those two having the conversation and she gets in a scrap and blow like comes and rescues her and it's kind of like this you know, nice callback to the Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan at the bar, you know, it's just like this. And they're like back to back with their savers. I'm just like, man, this is good stuff. The Clone Wars is good stuff. I was going to say for,
1: (laughs) for being that early in the show, like, that is those are some strong episodes yeah you know? yeah
0: yeah to end off season two this way uh is, is a, a great choice and it's you know it's so fun being able to look back on the show you know and to reflect on it as we look forward to the book of boba fett uh and to kind of see you know where the little guy came from and um and where he's going uh, coming out on december 29th uh really looking forward to that there um but unless you have anything else to say about this i think we're a uh, Ready to put a bow on it and take us home on this? um, Not too long, I think we did pretty good. Hour we did thirty, good. We did good, good for us. Um, took it, taking us home here. Do you uh, have anything else to add before we uh, have, get on out
1: of here? I have no thoughts. I have
0: no other thoughts.
1: Empty head, no thoughts. Empty head, no <laughs> thoughts. Just the scum and
0: villainy wrap up. That's right. Go ahead and do it then.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you think we should cover. Can head over to our Twitter and shoot us a message at ScumVillainPod. But for now, this has been Scum and Villainy with Noah to George and Garrett McDowell. And may the force be with you. We'll see you next time.
0: See you guys.